Crawlers. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where tonight we will be talking about all things creepy, spooky, and a little bit hooky. Yes, we'll be talking about not the Adams family, but Halloween. Because Halloween is, you know, it, for me, it's one of my favorite holidays. It's also that great time of year where we get to dress up, we get to have parties, we get to decorate our yards, we get to do creepy things like scaring little children that are coming for candy or going to haunted houses so that we can be scared and terrified to death. And, you know, the real reason is why do we do this? Why has this this holiday, this celebration come about. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that talk about it like, oh my gosh, this is a horrible pagan holiday. We shouldn't be celebrating it, which is true. It did start as a pagan holiday, but it has evolved much more beyond that. So that will be our conversation tonight and we'll have a lot of fun. There may be some dad jokes that are flying at you. And if you like those, fantastic. If you don't, just groan with the rest of us. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's not a maybe, Daniel. <laughs> Possibly. You know, we may be talking about, you know, costumes. Maybe our favorite candy. Who knows where this is going to go? But where it will start is in the past. And then it will arrive to the present. We won't talk about Sweet. the future because we just don't care about it. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to find some clever way to turn that into a Back to the Future joke, and I decided there was no way to do it properly. Nope. Unless I left it up to my older brother. You could have just easily said, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking, but I just ran out of time. Yes. Oh, there we go. There we go. There it is. So who have we got on the show tonight, Daniel? Well, it's just us. There is no special people on the show. So What? Me, no, we're Daniel. special. There are special people on the show. There are There's four of us. Like no Instant guests, like... mutiny. No, 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 there's like no special guest, there's Announcements. no there interview, Daniel, just... you're special to me, you are special, right. fine, fine, there's just all of us in our audience, no, but gotta take your first answer, I'm sorry, no one's special, here we go, ah! great, no one's special at all, and when, when everyone is special, we'll nobody is, <laughs> excellent, we're all here and so are you, <laughs> yes, we're all here, like the Brady Bunch. Hail, but hail, the gang's all here. Story. A little dysfunctional because we have no Alice. But that's okay. So, let's just jump into the legend or the myth or whatever it is that Halloween began. So, the pagan hey, celebration, Sam hey, Hain. Daniel. Yes, what? I have some costume ideas. No. All right. Don't Can I share them? Don't, sure. don't let it do it. All right, so in case you are running out of time, no Back to the Future joke here, and Halloween is coming upon you, here are some simple costume ideas. I'm waiting for you. Chucky to jump out and like start stabbing someone at the moment. <laughs> All right, so what you do is you get a, a T-shirt, uh, an avocado T-shirt, or you tape pictures of avocado to your T-shirt, and you get one of those uh, halos and wings. And what what would you be then? It'd be an angel cotto. Holy guacamole. Oh, of course. Guacamole. Do you see how this works? It also works if you have cow pajamas with a halo and wings. Right. Uh, yeah, then you'd be holy cow. cow. Holy, right. Now you're getting it. Wait, now wait, wait, you're getting okay, it. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's Batman and where's Robin? Uh, uh, the last letter one laid in egg. The Never first mind. Wow, one. That joke just, just went over everyone. All right. Uh, okay. First holy one rusted metal Batman. Batman? 
Yeah. I mean, just bat- Robin all the time was like, holy whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, another one is you can dress up like a bell pepper and throw a stethoscope around your neck. And then uh, you would be Joshua. Dr. Um, pepper. Yes, there you go. Stethoscopes are very versatile because you can also wear it with a witch's hat. And then. Uh, okay, a stethoscope and a witch's hat? Is that yeah. what you said? You'd be a witch doctor. You'd be a witch doctor. You see? All right. So you can dress up like a piece of bread and wear a beret. French bread. French toast. Oh, French toast. French dressing. And to drink Peru. Now, Disney princesses are all the rage. (laughs) (laughs) Disney princesses are all the rage. So remember the Disney princess who wears the fancy yellow dress, dances with the animal, Mm -hmm. but this time they're carrying around a hard cornmeal shell for a a popular Mexican dish. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hang on a second. Say say that. Taco Bell. It's Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Son of a gun. All right, and then here's a here's a, a little Halloween tip for the ladies out there. Get your squad together, wear coordinated outfits, and each of you wears a sign. One of you can be curry powder. Another one can wear cinnamon. Another one ginger. Oh my god! Cardamom. Got it. Spice, spice girls. <laughs> spice girls. There you go. Uh, um, I really like the ginger spice. <laughs> yeah. Humpty Dumpty costume with however she's devil 50. horns. Yep. Devil LA. horns. Deviled egg? Deviled egg. egg. Willow got it first. Yeah. <laughs> now, you Are know we horseshoe score. Shape, horseshoe-shaped yeah. uh, neck pillows? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh-huh. It's in the shape of a horseshoe, right? And then you go yes. and you tape a bunch of rubber duckies to the ends of it, <gasps> and that makes you... Lucky duck. A chick magnet. Oh! <laughs> oh. All right. Cut out the okay, letter well- P... And tight and tape it to your t-shirt uh-huh. and then take some black makeup and put it all over your eye. And Careful. then you can go as uh oh, oh, a black oh, eye pee. Uh, a, a black eye pee. Oh. <laughs> and the last one, last one, you carry around a football and you throw on a Gandalf beard. Uh because you shall not pass? No. You're, well, oh. that's a good one too, but no. A uh, food wizard? You're it's it's uh, Fantasy football. Oh, Fantasy. oh. I saved but, the worst for last. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I didn't think the dad jokes to be worse, but the costume <laughs> stuff is worse than the dad jokes. This uh, makes you miss my dad jokes. I'm going to so. I'm gonna stick with yes, he, he can't be the quarterback because he shall not pass. I'm going to stay with yeah. him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. My that was, goodness. That was pretty good, buddy. That was pretty good. Yeah. I, I will admit those, those are good. Some pretty, some pretty uh, far out there costumes. Yes. So there you go. Some helpful tips from Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Yes. Yay! If you want to go extremely cheap <laughs> on your costumes this year. You say cheap, I say convenient. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes. Very convenient. And like lack of that's something you could like, oh, crap, I forgot to get a costume. Uh, I'm just going to make a pee. How do you think Stop I feel going to the... I go to the skate park with my son and I see a bunch of kids wearing clothes in a style that was invented 30 years ago when I was their age. And they're yeah. all acting like it's their idea. I know. And it's offensive. 
Yeah, it's know. cultural appropriation. It, yes. Go ahead and tell them to get Pop off your lawn, appropriation. I yes. do all the time. I am I, absolutely sitting on the porch with an airsoft rifle telling kids <laughs> to stay off my grass. Yep, I've done that. Anyways, let's well, get into Daniel, this how did we get here? <laughs> the audience oh. would really like to know, too. How They've been with us the here? whole time, well, and they're it confused. It started 2,000 years ago in Ireland. 2,000 years Every great ago story. in Ireland happens in ireland right so the celebration of samhain uh two thousand years ago uh they had a giant feast um which it was the feast of the dead it marked the end of summer go ahead now it is spelled by by western standards uh as samhain but it's officially pronounced samhain okay well samhain blame the gaelic it's yeah it's gaelic well, I, I can't to pronounce something. Yeah. Anyways, it marked the end of summer and the start of winter, which, mm-hmm. you know, back then there wasn't, you know, time clocks and stuff like that. But they they realized that at this point, more dark, it was darker more often in during the day than it was uh, in other days. So and they hadn't uh, invented autumn yet. Yes. <laughs> autumn and spring had not been invented. It was near it was winter and summer. Um, and so they had this big party that honored the dead, and they also believed it was the one day of the year where the veil between the dead and the living was gone, and their their ancestors and devils and demons could roam the land and uh, you know participate in the land of the living and and hang out, um, which is a very interesting um, belief. Uh, you know, and, and beyond that, uh, you know, there was, they sacrificed animals, they gave fruits and vegetables, they had huge bonfires. It's, it was a great party. Um, now, one thing when I was looking into this, I, I found really interesting because I know a lot of people are thinking like, oh yeah, you know, the trick or treating was, you know, it was invented by the candy companies to, to make more money. But re- actually, back then as part of that party, they actually would go from door to door and get um, treats or they would be given um, stories or stuff from the the elders and the people in the village. So it's actually very interesting that it did not start from the candy companies. It was 2000 years ago. We went door to door for these things and they did dressing costumes to roam the land to so that the evil spirits and the goblins and stuff like that wouldn't know who they are so they wouldn't be eaten as well so it's it hasn't all been about cost you know the costume companies and the candy companies um so i I, it's i i like this you know and then of course that did change based on the other celebrations we'll talk about those as well um so i'll let you guys jump in and we can talk from here so what you're saying is that like the tradition of costumes and candies that was you know that that's two millennia in the making um so the idea then is that really that was the impetus for what we see today with yeah. the spirit store and everything like that whole company wouldn't really exist if it wasn't for this yeah. tradition correct yeah, and the dressing yeah. up as costumes and stuff wasn't originally part of it. It was just, but you know, those Irish, they uh, they know how to throw a party, and yes. somebody Boy, just howdy. got, <laughs> and somebody got the bright idea of trying to scare their neighbors. Um, eventually, got around to that, 
And so there was occasionally dressing up with, with rags and scary masks and things like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, the, and it's also important to know when people say, you know, this is a pagan holiday or whatever, this was Gaelic. So not even necessarily Angles or Saxons, certainly not the Gauls of France uh, or Germany, even the rest of Western Eastern Europe. This was a very limited geographic area, but over here in America, you've got a lot of mingling from the United King, uh, people from the United Kingdom, and a lot of those traditions came over. And once you're in America, it's kind of just like let's all just mix it all together. Uh, and so uh, I think it's important to remember when we're thinking about this holiday, not to necessarily limit it to our American eyes. Um, yeah. But as uh, as Daniel said, this was that Samhain was the Irish part of it. And yes. uh, in a minute here, I want to talk about the Roman Catholic part of it. Well, and, and the very interesting thing about this, and 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 I know people throw pagan out there quite quite frequently, as it's like some weird thing. But all pagan means is it wasn't part of Christianity. It was a different belief system that was separate from Christianity. You know, and it, you, you were either labeled a, a pagan or a barbarian or, or you know something else that didn't fit outside the no the social norms of whatever civilization um was the one that there was writing the history like i mean anything outside of rome was considered barbarian or pagan um at at the time so well you know they did also sacrifice things on this particular night i mean it, it's yeah. not like it's not like pagan and just the fact that it's not like i don't know whatever christian or not i'm not really sure but it, it looks as though they <clears throat> they did sacrifice on this night of Samhain. Yes. Um, they had huge bonfires and they would burn things um, and then they would wear their costumes and yeah. the Druids, at least the Celtic priests um, and try to read the future and figure out what the winter was going to hold, who was going to die. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's still, it, you know, there, there are a group of people trying to understand the, the world as it was in their tradition in their way and try to make it through the winter. Um, and this was a unique festive way that they did it, uh, which then later rolls into uh, the next kind of version of it that uh, Matthew's already kind of uh, hinted at with the Roman Catholics and their holiday. So most people know that Halloween is short for all, all Hallow's Eve. Mm -hmm. And hallow is not a word we use very often, thanks to Harry Potter for bringing it back and further distorting <laughs> the definition. Uh, but hallow or hallowed means something holy or sainted. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. this was All Saints Eve. And the reason why is that November 1st uh, became All Saints Day, where they yeah. would celebrate, you know, the, the, the saints and the, I don't want to use the word pantheon, but... Uh, uh, in, the, in the Catholic traditions, the, the saints they had there. Now, originally, this was done in May, uh, was when it was first done, but Pope Gregory, by previous Pope, but when Pope Gregory, um, uh, I, I, forgive me for not knowing the right term, but like canonized it uh, across the church uh, entire, uh, he said the prayer on November 1st and made it officially All Saints Day on November 1st. But originally this was, like I said, a, a spring holiday. And what people had 
done is, as, as you may know, saints all have a particular aspect to them. This is the saint of travelers. This is the saint mm-hmm. of beggars. And they are recognized by some trait characteristic, something that they wear, something that they carry. And it lent itself very easily to dress up. Perhaps they weren't thinking of it in terms of costumes, but on the evening before All Saints Day or All Saints Eve or All Hallowed Eve, uh, they would dress up as saints and go door to door reading scripture or sharing hymns with one another. And it was a courtesy to offer a small cake or, or something like that. Now, you may be looking at this going, well, this sounds an awful lot like what Daniel was saying with Samhain. And it also co Now, with Samhain... They didn't necessarily have a calendar. It was in October sometime um, and towards the end of, of the month. But it was somewhat inconsistent right up until the Catholics started celebrating All Hallows' Eve. And it coincided quite well. Yes. And so you've got two traditions that have a lot of similarities. And uh, so, it, it, autom- so it, it, it lent itself very easy to... Um, to blending those two traditions. A lot of people say the Catholics stole from, from the pagans. Um, as I said, this thing started off as a spring holiday. It's just, they both had a lot of similar things that benefit believers in both uh, faith traditions. And they have to just be very similar. So I think it was a very natural for these two to kind of blend. And it also may have been a way to encourage belief in uh in the christian religion and pull people away from some of their their older traditions perhaps is to yeah. try to overwrite this a little bit with the uh, with the newer holiday well yeah i mean so the romans because it originally started where they it was with the the goddess of the fruit and trees so apples and nuts were very popular as well as with Samhain. um and so it worked very well to combine those two uh, you know, it's po- quite possible that's where the bobbing from apples came from, that, mm-hmm. that tradition. Um, so, and, and you're right, because they were trying to erase the pagan holidays, because they were so close, they, you know, you're probably right, they're probably using it to get them to convert and kind of move away from those old practices, because they definitely, you know, witches and devils and stuff like that were very frowned upon. And they just accepted that that was a part of life, an everyday thing, but they dressed up to prevent from being taken by them. And I forgot to mention something. Both holidays uh, involved a belief that the the, the, uh, the the veil between life and death was thinner. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, looking at uh, visions of the future. They were looking for mm-hmm. visions of the future, uh, divination and stuff. So there were definitely some pagan traditions for how you could determine what was going to come in the future or look for visions of the future. But also good and devout Christians would be found often staring into a mirror, hoping to get a vision of themselves in the future. Mm-hmm. So this uh, being granted through, through grace, uh, whatever the uh, source of it, both traditions were looking for divination, being able to tell the future. The only, I would say the only difference with this one, where previously they dressed up to match the you know the goblins and the de- demons and the devils and the creatures that were roaming the land, with uh, when this converted to All Saints Day, they dressed up as angels um, and saints and martyrs. There were still some devils, but not as much. It was more of yeah. the positive side of things. 
or they were being chased around the village by the the saints who were get get Saint Patrick and somebody dressed up as a snake, yeah, <laughs> chase him around the village. So Willow, our resident horror aficionado and yes. Artur, uh, so here's the thought that I was just having. You know, as time has gone on, we've become more and more callous, uh, just as human beings, toward the concept of. Um, the spiritual and the uh, otherworldly and the paranormal, you know, or or rather the uh, more callous toward like what we might consider godly or deific. Uh, so as we're sitting here talking about this, and I've thought about how Halloween has evolved over the literal centuries, uh, it, I got to wondering. I was like, wait a minute, let's come let's come at this from the angle of what if they were right the whole time. What if they were right about the thinning of the veil between life and death? What if they were right about, like, they were trying to disguise themselves from the demons so that they wouldn't get eaten? Or And then in some cultures, it's all about banishing the demons, right? It's about scaring them off. It's about warding them off. What if they've been right the whole time and we continue to practice Halloween and the demons are still scared of us, but we just don't know it? Mm, I mean, it's very possible. I personally think that... Um, I think Halloween plays on this super deep need of hum- of humanity to understand and recognize that death is coming. I mean, the fact is, is that the only times that we really think about death are when people actually die that are near to us at Halloween. Or if you're like me, you think about it all the time because you <laughs> write about it or, or you're thinking about horror constantly. But I mean, the fact is that the reason why it's so attractive is because we we need to take a minute and recognize the thing that we're all collectively ignoring, which is that we will die. That at some point, death is going to come. And it sure as heck could be this year. And that's how it's been for longer than Samhain. I mean, as long as there have been humans and red ochre, people have been doing ceremonies to celebrate and recognize that death is a part of life. Um, Memento Mori. Yeah, it, we yeah. we are we are we are hu- we are these creatures that consistently are a breath away from death all the time, and so it's nice to have one day a year where you not only recognize your own mortality, but also take control. And I think that's where these kind of old con- concepts of like dressing up and hiding from the ghost—that's kind of where it comes from—is people recognizing that that death is imminent. That some people are going to die. People have already died. And we can control how we interact with the dead. It gives us a, a sense of um, safety, right? That we can hide. Yeah. We can hide from the, the things that are trying to get us. But I think that it's really important um, to have that moment where we're close to the demons so that we can feel that we are more powerful than they are. Just like uh, just like the meme where you have a dragon and goblin playing a tabletop game called Houses and Taxes or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> or Houses and Humans. It's Houses and Humans. Houses and Humans. Houses and Humans said Dungeons and Dragons. Um, what if on the other side, you know, where the demons live, they're all dressing up as humans so that we don't recognize them because they don't want to get banished by us. <laughs> Or, you know, uh, they don't want us to, like, uh, attack them. So they're constantly dressing up as us so that they don't get spotted. That's what the lizard people do. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we see a lot of this in in story. I mean, if you look at, I I know it's a Disney 
series, but Halloween Town goes off of the, mm -hmm. the story that, you know, monsters and humans did live, coexist, and it got so bad that they separated um, because they became vilified and they, be, you know, they went to another dimension and they stayed there. That's where, you know, warlocks and wizards and witches and uh, goblins and all these things live. Um, so it's quite possible. Also, there's like with the TV series Grimm, where these creatures are real. They oh, yeah. still exist. You know, the, the Wesson are still roam the land. They look like us. The only difference is, is when they get anxious or there's strong emotions, that's when they change. Um, and, you know, there's few individuals like Grimm's that can see th them. So, you know, I, it, it's really interesting because these tales continue in various cultures. You know, there are tales of all these different creatures. And why is that? Unless there is some root of truth there. Yeah. Um, and we come around to the tradition of trick or treating. And it may surprise some of you to know this, but the idea of the proliferation of costume wearing and going door to door threatening a trick unless they provide you with a treat uh, is actually mostly American and only about 50 years old. We have all these old traditions where they did some dress up, but the level of participation that we have now and that it's mostly viewed as a child's activity, that okay. was not what was going on originally. That's uh, true. But the uh, going around and getting candy and the, the trick-or-treat thing, uh, that started off in the uh, late 60s, early 70s is when that became a popular wow. countrywide thing. I didn't know that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That did surprise me. Yeah. Well, the what's really interesting is I think that even though it is like the way that we do it now is pretty, pretty recent, it actually is a middle age tradition. It goes back to like the 1200s, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, where we had people who um, who offered prayers to help others transition right so you have a person in your family that dies and then in order for them to get into heaven they have someone has to pray for them they have to pray their transition over and it was a really important part of the um the faith of the time period and so there are a lot of people rich people specifically who were so busy they couldn't do the kind of three days of praying to make sure that soul <laughs> moved over so what they would do is um they would Poor people would basically come to their door and they they would say, hey, we will pray all to all of us together. We'll pray for your whoever nephew so he doesn't go to hell. Um, and in return, they would give them cake. So it's like that's actually kind of an, an old tradition and a tradition that that is kind of pervasive around the world. Mm -hmm. Like um, this whole idea of like all hell or us um, on um, De Los Muertos, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, they do the same thing. They go door to door and then people give them cakes for being scary or whatever. But that's that's a kind of an older tradition, too. Yeah. And, and, and I know the, the pranking is something that started about the 1800s and it, again, started with the Scottish and Irish immigrants <laughs> um, where they would do pranks on people around that time. And some of them verged on dangerous. Um, you know, that's definitely with the Irish immigrating over boys would carve uh spooky faces and turnips we know you know we yeah. kind of talked with m todd uh, gallo glass on that's right. the last show about that and he got to you know talk about jack which actually is, was really funny because we had that interview and there's actually a show on netflix 
um, that has, that stars Mar- Marlon Wayans right now that has that story in it, um, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool to see. Um, and a lot of time, besides doing that, they'd also tie strings to cabbages and run through the fields, pulling those and scare people because it looked like things were running through the fields, but they couldn't see what they were. Um, so there's a lot of really interesting uh, pranks that happen in that time to scare people, but also it, it like awoke their imagination and it uh, prompted them to think of these scary demonic things because it re- people were really afraid of the dark. I, I still think people are, um, which is probably why we have so many lights uh, these days everywhere is because people are so afraid of the dark and what could be out there. Yeah, and you know, something that, that M. Todd Gelloglass talked about last week was just the, the sheer terrifying nature of like carving a turnip and then putting a candle inside. Mm-hmm. And they, these are horrifying visages. Like I I love pumpkin carving because I think it's such an art. Uh-huh. Uh, but like do it to a turnip and you've summoned something from the great beyond. Yes. <laughs> it is yeah, some of those cool, like right? look like little like look little little child skulls. They're oh, yeah. super creepy. That, that's, that's the thing about turnips is that they look creepy because they almost look human like. Where a pumpkin is definitely silly and you can like, yeah, that looks really cool, but I know it's not a person. Right. But a turnip could, you know, with the right lighting and just glan- at a glance, it could look like a, a human skull with some really uh, tight skin that's uh, been pulled against it. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the one of the shifts with modern Halloween traditions versus some of these older ones that we've been talking about is the idea that seeking out terror because mm-hmm. and, and the, the rationale being I want to be completely scared, but completely safe. Yeah. And yes. on, on Halloween, it's like everybody kind of gives themselves permission to be to get it just as 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 uh, terrified. Yeah. Yeah, it's just as terrified as they can, because uh, as long as it's all in good fun, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of the year, if you get to that level of, of fear, something bad is going on, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. unless you're at Willow's house for a movie marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Mad yeah, Max I mean, isn't that terrifying. It, it is really interesting, the number of haunted houses that are around these days. Um, you know, I back in the day, I used to work in them, and it was so much fun terrorizing people. Um, and... Not only, I mean, people that work there get a thrill from scaring someone. Right. But the people going there are going to get the thrill of being scared. And be, even even the people that are don't want to be there, that hate going to haunted houses, they still go back every year. Why? Why is that? And it's because there is that level of thrill. Even though it's terrifying and they don't want to look, there is still something that builds up and it relieves that you know, maybe that fear, that tension for the, the next year coming. You know, my daughter, my oldest daughter can't watch a horror flick to save her life. You know, she, she's always buried in her eyes. If we're, <laughs> if we're going to a haunted house, she's like up against someone, not looking. And, you know, she's the first person that they're going after because they can see she is terrified. Yep. She's but she keeps fear. going back. She keeps going back. Um, whereas I'll be walking through a haunted house and I'm just like, cool, what's up? You know, people are just like jumping out at me and looking at me and like, and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? You want some brains? Sure. 
are they, are, you know, did you cook them? Did you are roast them? Did you boil them? Are they fresh? <laughs> Stick you know, them and I asked them all these questions and you, you could see them like, oh my gosh, this guy is going to be boring. But if I can get scared, it's so worth it. If they could yeah. get me caught off guard in a moment, I love that. But I, it, it just amazes me how often we go because we want to get scared. We want to be mm-hmm. terrified, even if it is just once. Yeah, I refer to that as roller coaster fear. Yeah. The idea is to be afraid safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's one of the things I get out of watching horror movies or reading horror stories. Uh, what I find what I find brilliant is when you can have like a multi-tiered experience. Like for some who just want to have a little bit of fun and they just want to be on the surface, then have that roller coaster fear. But from the same story, can you find an allegory? Can you find a life lesson? Mm-hmm. Can you find some expression of the human experience? Uh, there is a show on Hulu currently. It, it came out either last year or the year before called Monsterland. And actually, I guess it was two years ago now. And it, it, it only had one season. I don't know if it's going to have another one. But it was it, what was interesting about that show, I was watching it as a horror anthology, kind of like a horror version of Twilight Zone. And what I found about the second or third episode, I realized I was like, oh, my crap. They're not just doing something spoopy. They're doing, they're, they're trying to express something about the human experience. They're trying to talk about the human condition and they're trying to reveal something like every episode had a, had almost like a moral to the lesson or, and not even just that. Maybe it was like, uh, they, they were trying to, they were trying to illustrate something that previously had only been done through dramatic interpretation or maybe even comedic interpretation. But this was dark horror interpretation but it had a purpose it had a point it wasn't just a gore fest or or you know a murder sprees it was everything had a reason and a purpose and it ended up being absolutely brilliant i love when scary things can be scary for fun but they can also be deep and philosophical I think that that's the best horror. I mean, going back to my earlier comment, I, I really think that the reason why horror appeals to the people that it does is that we are trying to struggle through, like we're trying to deal with these kind of big topics of life and death and <laughs> and all the mess that goes along with being human. There's this um, funny, there's kind of a funny um, meme that runs around in the horror writing community, which is that um, at some point, uh, in every horror writer's uh, journey, we've all been severely traumatized by something horrible. Like, so th- there's some kind of terrible trauma that has happened to every one of us. Um, <clears throat> and some of the, some of it's funnier than others, but we all have massive issues and we all have focused that into writing horror. And usually it's not just for, you know, it's not for gore and it's not for even the boobs. Um, it's usually because we're trying to work out this relationship that we have with death uh, and and kind of the terrible, you know, uncontrolled nature of being alive. You, you know, you can't control the narrative uh, of the horror that happens every day. But as a horror writer, you get to control the narrative and um, the good guys win and the bad guys lose. Sometimes the good guys lose. You know, you both have, have mentioned movies and, and why people like going to be scared. Um why don't we take a, just a quick moment? Let's go around in each of us. Each of you think of two movies that scared you that you really enjoyed. All right. You enjoyed being scared by these movies. Now, me, and, I'll, and I'll, while you think about that, I'll start. Um, for me, I'm the least 
fan of horror out of the four of us that are here today. No, no. I thought you I, liked it, Dan. No, I'm not a big horror fan. Oh, well, I, I don't, I'm not either. I, I really, I really don't like it. However, um, for the record, folks, I have sat next to Matai in a horror movie. I however, still I think. However, I, I probably watched the most most horror movies than, out of all of you. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. I'll fight no, you. I, I have seen a few horror movies. I just don't go out of my way to see them. Uh, so for, for me, one of the, the first horror movie that I actually enjoyed and didn't feel like I needed therapy after was House. Ah, uh, mm, yes. That's a good one. William, that's a good and, it, one. It, and one of the things I loved about it is I never thought you could have a horror comedy where I was scared to death one moment and laughing the next. And I just love William Cat anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, greatest American hero. Get it, get yeah, it right. Around. It was. It, it, had some, it had disturbing images. It had some scary mm-hmm. stuff. A scary monster, and you were trying to figure out this mystery. I, I, I loved it. It scared me and it thrilled me. Uh, second movie, and there's a lot to choose from, but the one, another one that I, I hate jump scares. I am not into gore, and torture porn does not do it for me. Nope, don't want it. Uh, but I, if I can have a scary movie with a lot of suspense, I want the suspense. Mm-hmm. Right, um, Mothman prophecies. Oh, that's a good one. Richard, that makes you that makes you really doubt going outside at night. It does. It does it totally in, does in Utah? And the thing is, <laughs> I, and I've read the stories of the Mothman prophecies. So the, the movie interested me so much. I wanted to go and read. It's not necessarily based on a book, but there are plenty of books out there about it. Um, it's got stars Richard Gere and uh, a few other people. I can't remember off my head right now, but that movie scared me. It definitely made me turn on the lights, uh, but it didn't have blood and gore. Uh, very minimal ju- uh, jump scares. They were necessary for the story. It w- it fit into the mystery. They weren't gratuitous. Uh, anyway, that was my kind of scary movie. Who wants to go next? I'll jump in. Uh, so... Amityville Horror. Ooh. That was terrifying. So, and this is where I, I've probably seen so many. So I had an uncle that lived with us between third and fourth grade. That whole summer, we watched eight to nine horror movies a day. Ooh. Yeah. I, I got desensitized pretty quick. However, I... that Yes. Bad parents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that... Anytime I see an image of that particular house, which still exists, it just terrifies me. Um, And not only that, I mean, this is a true story. This is about a family that went to this home, actually lived in this home, and weird, crazy things happened. You know, and there's been other families that have moved into that home and still weird, crazy things happen. That I, I think that's the reason it terrified me so much is it wasn't just some thing of fiction but it was based on actual events and it just terrified me. So that one's the first one. The one that today, that's an older one. The one that's most recent that terrifies me that I enjoy still watching, even though I'm not a big fan of horror is darkness falls. It's about Mm -hmm. the tooth fairy, but none of the death scenes happen on screen. Every time someone is killed, the creature takes them off screen and hear the sounds. You hear the screams. Yeah. You hear things happening. And it's more terrifying because my imagination is taking over. I'm not seeing the actual stuff on screen. 
every time I watch that movie, I have to walk around my house with every freaking light on because I'm just <laughs> terrified to turn it off. Because a porcelain-faced, dark-cloaked figure might be hiding above your bathroom, right? You're right, because I have kids that are losing teeth. You never know. I mean, you never, you never know. You know, you, you see the mom get killed at the very beginning of the movie because the kid loses his last tooth, and she sees the creature, not him. And Yeah, I mean, you never know. But granted, that's probably why I don't live in upstate New York, where most of these horrible things happen. <laughs> or me. Yeah, to stay away from me. I... I think, um, boy, I, I like was traumatized with horror at a very, very young age. That was Good my trauma. you. So, um, yeah, I asked, I mean, oh, I won't, but I think that, um, the movie that legitimately scared me the most was called white noise. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. I know. And, um, the the problem, yeah. So the problem I had with white noise, I went and saw this with my husband in the movie theater and, um, we were there in the theater, we were watching it and, um, the problem with it was at the, at the end, there was this, um, this statistic and the statistic said, um, uh, EVPs, um, 30 electronic voice phenomenon. Yes. Uh, 30% of EVPs are, um, are inherently negative, like with an intent to harm. And um, an EVP is a real phenomenon. Like this is not a fake, like kind of like what Daniel was saying, this is not a fake phenomenon. This is something that people have recorded. And even if you watch some of those ghost shows and you're like, oh, it sounds like they're making a lot of that up. Even if you think that, you haven't seen the right footage yet because there is absolutely footage of voices talking from another dimension. That's a real thing. So we're in the theater, we're watching the movie and I just started feeling the weirdest, like, I don't know. It was just a, it was just like a fog, like a creepy fog. It was so scary that my B and my, me, my husband both felt at the same time, but we almost left at the same time. I, and so we get out of the movie and I'm like, man, that was really scary. I never want to watch that again. And Kyle's like, I was going to leave. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was going to leave too. But I thought you would think I was weird. He's like, I thought you would think I was weird. So anyway, never again. That's yeah. awesome. No, um, I will say uh, EVP, I've experienced my myself. I've gone on several investigations. Yeah. Um, I've had other people that I know have done those. Uh, it is extremely interesting. Some of the things we get. Um, Baron Woolen Mill, which is a mill that used to be uh, in Brigham City, it's since burned down. Uh, there was a group I know that used to go up there uh, almost, they did like twice a, a month. They'd go up there and do an investigation. Um, there was a, a, a little boy that hit, you know, uh, back in the day, they had these big machines. It was because they had sheep and they do all the, 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 the wool and make these blankets and everything. But they'd use young kids to get parts unstuck and this one boy got sucked into the machine and killed another lady was sewing up in the uh, upstairs and had died from heat exhaustion so there's all these stories and yet there was always content that they would always get and there's this one night uh this one guy he, he often did security he'd always lock up at night he could walk this building in blindfolded and never trip or run into anything and one night he was coming back, close it. Everything was out. It was dark, and he tripped. He had n- no clue what the heck. Couldn't you know? Turn the flashlight on. There was nothing on the floor that could have tripped him. 
nothing. Went home, plugged in the recorder, plays that back, and you hear him walking down. You hear him trip, and there is the most de- evil, maniacal laughter that just echoes through in the background. Rude. And he's just like, <laughs> what the heck? Um, the just Walker ghost, building. Ghosts being jerks. Yeah, the Walker building downtown. You know, I had some friends. Oh, there. the Walker um, building. That they did some. They did an investigation, and they got some EVPs from there. There is something out there. There's got to be just from stuff like that. And I, I'm sure it's a traumatic event, so that energy is trapped there. Right. But if that is there, what else is there? I mean, because there's obviously these these people long ago, you know, knew things. They developed these 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 rites, these passages to cope with that stuff. So this is this is related. I want to just put this out there, but. Uh, I was talking with a student class the other day um, and we were reading the most dangerous game and the very beginning of the most dangerous game. There is a quote from the main character and the main character says, um, yeah, don't go to that ship trap Island. Uh, the locals say that bad stuff happened there and that there is a way of uh, bad things creating their own kind of weight. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, and I like this idea. So I posed it to the kids. I was like, so here's the question. Do you think that people are haunted or places are haunted or both? But, but the idea being sometimes something happens in a place and there are reverberations from the action, but is that, is that reverberation real or is it brought and carried with the person who knows about that, that experience? That makes sense. No, it does. I, I won't I won't go tangentially. It's something to think about, everybody. Just think about it for later. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes people, a, a moment is so traumatic that they carry that with them. And I think there's a moment that can be created. It can get trapped. Uh, yeah. Willow, I I love that you chose white noise, but I want to hear your second. Oh, yeah. We got to get back to the second because we, we. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> I talked so much. I figured one was enough. Uh, okay. That, that was my first one. Um, okay. Number two, scary movie is. Uh... Scary movie number two? Please Which don't way say his brother movie? was in that. No, no, no. No, All no, of them. No, all of them. That one. Um, okay. So um, you all know my favorite movie. So I'll just. It's not. I don't know. Uh, so oh, my, favorite, my favorite movie is this, The Descent. Oh, I didn't. I thought your favorite movie was Mad Max, so I didn't. I didn't oh no, my favorite Descent. movie is The Descent. I actually, it's my comfort movie. Like most horror writers, I have a horror comfort movie. I watch it probably once a month, um, and I go to sleep with it on. I like watching people get. <laughs> you go to sleep with it on. You ask any ask any horror writer. That movie is it's always the same. It is. It is. Ugh. It's a great I, movie I love- because it's it's scary. It's scary. It's it's scary because of what happens, and then it's scary. It gets scarier, and then it changes, and it's scary in a different way, and then it's scary in a totally different way at the end. And I love going into caves. I love going into caves yeah. and seeing stuff. But there is a point where it's like, okay, you know, because the you know D and D has the underdark. There are lots of crazy creatures under there. So it's like, hmm, how far do I go down before I start discovering things that we just don't know about? Yeah. Not very far. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted that you watch The Descent monthly, but that I, I can kind of see how that plays 
a role. I also have a movie that I watch monthly. It is the 1983 sci-fi fantasy film, Kroll. <laughs> that is, and, does not uh, count. It is not a movie. None of us here you know are what? shocked You need to put news. a dollar in the Kroll jar. Ah, a dollar <laughs> in the Kroll jar. I'm going to make a Kroll jar now. <laughs> you put a dollar in that jar. A sand dollar because it looks vaguely like a glave. However, there is a horror movie that I always love to watch. Yeah? And it Army is, of Darkness. It is Army of Darkness. Yes! Oh, I win! <laughs> That's a winner, though. Win. That's a winner. Yes. And the second one I have to watch every year is Frighteners. You know, I still have never watched Frighteners. Oh, my what? gosh. We need to, we need to get together and watch Frighteners. Your brain. <laughs> like... I have I, I don't have kids on Halloween. We must watch Frighteners on Halloween. I like this idea. Yes, I do have kids on Halloween. Idea. Let's ruin mine. Well, no, no, no. They no. they they trick or treat to a certain point, yeah. then we we watch afterwards. I like this idea. We should exactly. hang out. It's midnight midnight on Halloween, which is actually November first, which is the day of the dead, which is perfect. Yeah. Close to midnight. Something all, lurking outside in the dark. Yeah. Uh for me, for my 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 two scary movies. So when I was a young kid, and I won't get into the details here, but I, as as a oh, little gosh, I know what you're gonna say. You know, you know, what I'm gonna go into. <laughs> um, in in my youth, I did have some very personal, very real paranormal experiences, and uh, one time, my brother Matai, our sister, and I, uh, sister Sarah, who's been on the show before, we were visiting our our father out of state. Uh, and uh, he <laughs> couldn't be there for one of a million reasons and left us with the television to to babysit us. And uh, before he left, I think he I am trying to remember. I, I, I was so young. I don't remember who put it on, but someone put on the original Poltergeist. Oh, now oh I was still a little kid and I yeah. only had so much attention span. Mm -hmm. But like like and when I say little kid, I was like four. I was like four or five and we're watching poltergeist and I'm in and out of the room where I'm doing stuff. But when I look up, I only look up at like the most choice moments. One of the things that really stood out to me was that freaking clown doll <laughs> and the trees, the, uh, the trees breaking in through the window to get you. And the reason why that terrified me so much is because that night, that night they put us, in a bedroom with freaking stuffed dolls, including <laughs> including a stripy clown. You, you did not sleep at all that night. I did not. I did. And the wind was blowing mm -hmm. and the trees were scratching. Mm -hmm. It was the perfect formula for traumatization. If, if I can add on to that, you guys have got to realize the little girl in that movie, Carol Ann. Oh my! Gosh. Looks just like our sister Sarah at that Small, age. Yeah, diminutive, long blonde hair, and so when the TV, the static, and everything, and she turns around, they're here. Yep. You know, at from that point on, for the rest of my life, even now, if a TV is playing static, mm -hmm. I'm running across the room to shut it off. Yep, that's right. Something, something can come out. Don't let Carol Ann out. No, no. Uh, don't. It's Kane. Don't let Kane out. Um, yeah, it, I, I had the very same feelings. Like, uh, there were certain things as a kid because of scary moments like that, that were like ruined for me, staticky televisions, uh, and, and something that Gen Zers will never understand, which is the sound that a phone, uh, a landline makes when you leave it oh, off yeah. the hook. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that sound was a phobia for me for about 20 years. 
Um, But anyway, so that was the first scary movie. And I hold it near and dear to my heart today. This is kind of like what Willow was talking about earlier. And, and I think one of the reasons I hold it near and dear is because I've conquered those fears. And so this becomes almost like a badge of honor. And now it becomes fun, right? Yeah. Um, I, I would ha- I'm going to have to say before you jump to your next one. Yeah. The, the old uh, creepy dude that's kind of the, the, uh, the preacher the pastor, in the second yeah. one is yeah. so creepy. Yes, he mm-hmm. is. Like, yes, he is. That one, I just like. I remember shying away from creepy, skinny old guys because of that. Like, I don't want to run into that dude. I remember being uh, suspicious of mirrors after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I anything that, that was a reflection, too. right? Yeah. Especially Who puddles I could put my out. hand in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my second scary movie is actually one that I discovered as an adult just a few years ago because it's brand new. Well, newer anyway, back in 2019. There is a film called Terrified, not to be confused with Terrifier. Terrified is a Spanish film, although it does contain scenes in English as well. Uh, But it's a mostly Spanish film. And I was just playing the trailer back to remind me some aspects of it. Uh, And here is the Spanish phrase, una verdadera historia de miedo, which I went to go translate. And uh, it translates a couple different ways. One of it is a truly scary or a true story of fear is how it basically breaks down. Right. And so I was like, wait a minute. This is based on real events. This movie is genuinely terrifying. Matthew was asking, like, what really scared you, but you enjoyed it? it? This movie. What's it called? Terrified. terrified. English English word, past tense of, of being terrorized, right? So okay. terrified. And this movie genuinely creeped me out. Genuinely scared me. Genuinely caught me off guard. Okay. So, and, and, and that's hard. That That's a, I don't know, if you know me personally, you have to understand that's a big statement. I can sit through most any horror movie and I really don't get scared anymore. I really don't. Yeah. This movie made my skin crawl in the best ways and okay. like, and like put me on edge. Okay. Now I have to watch this. Are we going to watch this together? I would love to watch this together. Thank you very much for coming over well, to my and, house. And I'm the same way. It, I like horror movies are just, they're kind of boring to me. They're routine, but man, if I get terrified, I know the writer the director and you know and the actors have all hit the right beats to get me to buy in to the movie to the point that I can get scared like that um, you know and it is it is a lot scarier in my opinion when you know that hey this is real events just like mothman prophecies yeah a lot of those are based off of actual events and people have reported those and again we have no clue if this is real or not but a lot of people are saying it is just like urban myths and legends, which we will be talking about soon, folks. Oh, I've got another ghost story for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Last Halloween, I met this ghost. Oh? I'm pretty sure that in life, she was a cheerleader because she had a lot of spirit. Oh, my God. Oh. That's like asking, why did oh. the skeleton not cross the road? And you say, because he had no guts. <laughs> well, do you know why skeletons are always so sad? Oh, no, why? because they have nobody to love. <laughs> okay, I was gonna jump in with you know why ghosts are always so sad because they have nobody to call their own. Mm. <laughs> well, I did meet another ghost who told me everything that was gonna happen in my future, but I didn't believe him. I knew he was lying. I could see right through him. Oh, 
Well, I know that I know that we have to go because we need this to stop. But <laughs> yes, yes, but yes. Before we go, I you w- thought I, you knew terror before I dad know, right? jokes. <laughs> before we go, I would like to throw in an honorable mention because I recently watched a movie that I was absolutely thrilled with. That I think falls it falls in this weird gray space between sci-fi and horror and suspense thriller. It's it's something in that Venn diagram. Uh, it's called Significant Other. It is currently on uh, Paramount Plus, and I don't want to say too much about it because I I don't want to spoil surprises. I will say, however, that. Um, at one point I was watching this movie and they had a couple of cheap jump scares. And I mean really cheap jump scares. You can see them coming a mile away. They happen and it's like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. And they do it like two or three times. But I will tell you in retrospect, and it's one of the reasons I love this movie as much as I do. They do it to set up tropish expectations so they can subvert them for the rest of the film. It nice. is a brilliantly well-made film falls into one of my all-time favorite genres, which again kind of straddles this genre, which I won't say yet because it, it would give too much away about the movie. But this genre that I'm thinking of straddles the line between sci-fi and horror. And uh, I am utterly in love with this movie because it took a formula that's been done and redone and redone and redone and it did something completely new with it that i've never seen before please go watch significant other on paramount plus it is absolutely worth it dungeon crawlers not endorsed by significant other or paramount plus but we should be (laughs) (laughs) but we wouldn't say no to the check (laughs) but we wouldn't say no all right, awesome. Yeah, that's. I just had to throw that in there because it no, was such a fine. great find recently. I mean, I think that's this. It, this, it kind of all led up to it. I mean, it it started thousands of years ago, where it was to honor the dead, to dress up, to go for treats, to participate and hide from these spirits, to a conversion to you know honoring the dead and the saints and all that that passed on before, uh, merging all the way up to where it is now, where. Every Halloween, we go, we dress up, we go to parties, we go door to door, our kids do, to get candy. We have these big, lavish work parties or uh, neighborhood parties or friend parties where we have fun, we dress up. At the same time, primarily, we still want to be terrified. There still is this element of unknown out in the world. There's, you know, there is the grand unknown, which is what is after death that we don't know and we, we're trying to explain and understand besides, you know, these urban myths and these tales and these legends that c- continue to still linger, but we can't explain those. Or we go into a home and we, or even watching a movie and we suddenly feel this very creepy unsettling vibe that makes us want to run or get away because something's not right. I think all of this is combined to something that we just can't explain. And we try to do the best of it. We can through writing horror stories by making horror movies, by going on paranormal investigations or even, you know, dressing up and trying to make light of those, because if we can make light of it and make it silly and fun, we can enjoy that. And, you know, we're not scared of those things, but that is the fun of Halloween, that is the fun of these movies, these stories that we read and this experience as a whole. 
And with that said, I'm just going to wrap this up. This is our Halloween episode. We'll catch you next time. Let your geek flag fly. So say we all. Yeah. Keep it spooky. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I love how you committed to that line for just, for just five seconds. I love that. That That's great. (laughs) And you know what folks, whether Halloween is your thing or you're completely wrong, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Ha 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 